Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of 1 Samuel. Well, hello there and good morning, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. Hi, my name is Jen. I am the host here. And today we're going to be talking about another very difficult subject. In fact, all of this week is going to be difficult subjects. Yesterday, we talked about the Old Testament law and whether or not Christians should follow it. And today we're going to be talking about God telling Saul to kill all of the Amorites, including men, women, children, infants, and all the animals. And this portion of scripture is probably one of the most difficult for people to understand. And also it's one of the chapters of the Bible that gets the most criticism. So let's talk about everything regarding this today. Let's just jump right in. I'm going to be reading out of the W.E.B. as I usually do. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and sit back and hold on to your seats as we discuss 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 11. Samuel said to Saul, Yahweh sent me to anoint you to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the voice of Yahweh's words. Yahweh of armies says, I remember what Amalek did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way when he came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and don't spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing baby, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Saul summoned the people and counted them into lame, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. Saul said to the Kenites, go depart, go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites from Havilah, as you go to Shur, which is before Egypt. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the cattle and the fat calves of the lambs and all that was good and were not willing to utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. Then Yahweh's word came to Samuel, saying, it grieves me that I have set up Saul to be a king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. Samuel was angry and he cried to Yahweh all night. To understand what's going on in today's passage, you first have to understand who the Amalekites were. So let's go back to Deuteronomy 25 and read verses 17 through 19. This is out of the NIV. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies around you in the land he is giving you to possess as an inheritance, you shall blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Do not forget. So this is written hundreds of years before Saul even is alive. This is in the Old Testament law. And why God told the Israelites to destroy the Amalekites in the Old Testament law was because the Amalekites were historically extremely cruel. They specifically targeted the most vulnerable people. 
that is stated multiple times in scripture and also historically what we know about them. So they would target pregnant women. They would kill the baby out of the pregnant woman and then kill the woman. They targeted children, infants, elderly, anybody that was more vulnerable is who the Amalekites would target. And so that was exactly what the Amalekites did to Israel. And they were still in the wilderness. The Amalekites came in for no reason other than basically their hatred of Israel. And they attacked all of the people who were lagging behind. And the people who were lagging behind were the sick people, the elderly people, the the children, the families. And because God really had a heart for widows, for the sick, for orphans, basically for the most vulnerable people in Israel, obviously God is not going to look kindly on a group of people that believes it's okay to target the most vulnerable people. So he tells Moses way back in the Old Testament to write it down in the law that someday the Amalekites would be destroyed. So that brings me to the question, why didn't God just destroy the Amalekites when that first happened? Well, that brings me to another verse way back in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15, to be specific, verse 15 and 16. So this is God speaking to Abraham before Israel even existed. God is speaking to him and giving him a promise that someday Abraham's descendants, the Israelite nation, would take the promised land. And God says to Abraham that the reason he's not giving the promised land to Abraham right then and there is because of this. Here's what it says in verse 15 and 16. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Now, God is talking about the Amorites here. But based upon context and just looking through scripture, it's actually likely that the Amorites and the Amalekites were the same group of people. So God was talking about the Amalekites way back in the book of Genesis being an evil group of people. But God says the reason he's not going to give the promised land to Abraham just yet is because the Amorites have not reached their full measure of sin yet, basically, meaning that God was still granting grace to the Amorites or the Amalekites. So then when we go back to Deuteronomy, when the Amalekites came and just attacked the most vulnerable of Israel, God didn't destroy them yet because it's very likely that there were still Amalekite people or Amorite people in their groups where God was extending grace on them. So their sins still hadn't reached the full measure until we get to what we read today, which was 1 Samuel 15. So now it looks like the Amalekite people their sin has reached their full measure. God is not going to tolerate them any longer with how cruel they have been and with how they have been attacking Israel left and right. So God tells Saul through Samuel that Saul is supposed to go in and literally utterly destroy the Amalekite people. Their judgment has come upon them and it's taken hundreds of years for God to get to this point, hundreds of years of grace and forgiveness of the Amalekite people, but their, their sin has reached its full 
measure. Now, what about the babies? There's a lot of questions regarding specifically the babies and the infants. Why would God have Saul also kill the children if children are innocent? There's actually a verse I remember where God was telling, I believe one of the prophets, that he loved Jacob, but hated Esau, even when they were still infants in their mother's womb. So how could God just hate Esau as he was an infant in his mother's womb? Because God knew who Esau would grow up to be. Because don't forget that God is outside of time. If God created time, he cannot be restrained by the rules of time. He is outside of time completely. So because God is outside of time, he can see everything that is going to happen. We cannot because we are restrained by the rules of time. But God, of course, is not. God knew what kind of a man Esau would grow up to be, even as he was still a baby. So is it possible just knowing that God can see everything at every time period? Is it possible that God knew who these children would grow up to be and that their sins also had reached their full measure. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is that Avengers of Blood were a thing. And I talked about this a while back. I want to say either in like season four or five, I talked about Avengers of Blood and Avengers of Blood were extremely common in the ancient days. And what that was, was if somebody killed your father or your family member or whatever, the child would grow up to actually become the avenger of blood. And this was an extremely common thing that does not exist anymore. And that child would actually be required to go and find the person who killed his father and kill them. It was like an ancient rite of passage for a child that grew up with a father who had been killed. So just remember that culturally it was very different back in these days as well. And so Avengers of Blood would also have been a huge problem because if God had told Saul to spare the children, those children would have remembered their their fathers and mothers. And then those children would have grown up and told the infants and the younger children what had happened. And then those children would have grown up and then the Amalekites would just be back ready to destroy the Israelites just due to the whole Avengers of blood thing. So that's my opinion on this. Now, regarding the animals and stuff, why God told the Israelites to sacrifice the animals, it could be, now this is just my own personal opinion, that due to how the Amalekites lived, because they didn't have the Old Testament law, don't forget, it could have been that a lot of their animals were very sickly and diseased. And so that's why God said to kill the animals as well so that whatever sickness or disease those animals had wouldn't come into Israel and cause the the Israeli sheep and, and camels and whatever else to get sick. So it could be that. It could also be that God was just asking for Saul to act in faith and perform a sacrifice of these animals. But the last thing I want to say before I move on from this is that all life belongs to God. He created everything. And so since life belongs to God, it is his right to transfer life on earth to a different life if he wants to. And that is what God is doing now because he promised Moses that he would. He promised the Israelite people in the Old Testament law that he would. 
and he promised Abraham that he would eventually destroy the Amalekites. So now it is time to do that. And God is asking Saul, a mighty king, to destroy the Amalekites. And it's also notable that God asked Saul to do this because the Amalekites were constantly targeting the Israelites through war and slaughter. And I'm jumping around the Bible a lot today, but Jesus told his disciples that if you live by the sword, you will eventually die by the sword. So because the Amalekites were very cruel and they loved their swords, they are now going to meet the same fate that they have been bringing on all the people around them. So it says here that Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. So Saul was nearby the city. He has this big ambush about to go out. And there were some Kenites that were nearby. And so the Kenites, God had no quarrel with the Kenites because actually the Kenites were quite nice to the Israelites. The Kenites were descendants from uh, Jethro, who was Moses' father-in-law. And as we know about Jethro, he was a, a very wise man who helped Moses in a lot of different ways. So the Kenites, you know, God had no quarrel with them. And Saul actually tells the Kenites to leave because he's like, look, you guys are living among the Amalekites. It is not safe for you. I don't want to destroy you along with the Malachites. This is what we're planning on doing. Please leave. And the Kenites leave. They, they're like, okay, we're going. And because they were uh, nomadic peoples, they were more able to do that. They kind of just took their tents and left. But it is notable that the Kenites did not warn the Amalekites because it seems to me like the Kenites had a better understanding of who Yahweh was and the, the judgment that Yahweh was about to do. So it says in verse six, the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. They just happily leave. And it says in verse seven, Saul struck the Amalekites from Havilah as you go to Shur, which is before Egypt. So it seems like so far Saul is doing everything that um, God told him to do. But then we read verse eight. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So for some reason, he decides to save King Agag. And we have no, no clue why. There's no reason given why Saul decided to spare the king. And if, you know, I'm thinking logically, the king would be the one that was the most terrible out of all the people because the king leads. Just as we read in the, the chapter before this, that Saul caused the people to sin by making that dumb vow, you know, where he told the people they couldn't eat. And so they like went ham on all that meat and like weren't draining the blood and stuff. The, the king determines a lot of what the people are doing through the king's leadership, you know. And so the Amalekite king, in my mind, should have been the first guy that was targeted because of how he had led his people astray. But Saul saves Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and then destroys everybody and everything else, except in verse nine, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, of the cattle and of the fat calves and of the lamb, lambs and all that was good, and were not willing to utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. So the Israelites go in, and they're like, we'll get rid of all this junk. 
you know, all the bad stuff, you know, we don't want any of that, but we're going to take the good stuff for ourselves. That's what we're going to do. And that's not what this was about. There were certain wars that the Israelite people had where God said that they could take of the plunder in a lot of circumstances, but there were also wars of judgment that God specifically told the people, no, do not take anything for yourselves. Do not take it. That is not what this is about. You're not just going to destroy these people so you can take all their good stuff. That's not what this is. You destroy everything. And I think that would be a lesson also to the nations that the Israelites were working with God's judgment, with Yahweh's judgment. If the Israelites had gone in and destroyed everything and even took no plunder at all, that would be a lesson to the nations that the Israelites aren't just warmongers going out and destroying, you know, women and children and men and and elderly to take the good stuff for themselves. This was this what what Saul did here made a bad name for the Israelites among all the other nations that were looking at what Israel is doing. Israel was supposed to be God's chosen people. And God would sometimes use the Israelites to show his judgment on the nations. So this wasn't even just about Israel and the Amalekites. This was also for all the other nations that are are watching what the Israelites are doing. Yahweh was not just for one group of people, even though that's what a lot of people think when they're reading the Old Testament. They think, oh, Yahweh was the God of the Israelites, not the God of anybody else. But that is absolutely untrue. Everything that God did, he was trying to show himself to the nations to get other people to recognize him and to worship him and to move to Israel and to start following the Old Testament law until Jesus came to the earth and fulfilled the law. And now, you know, all Gentiles and and Jews together can come and worship God. That was the intention from the very beginning. So this entire war wasn't just about Israel versus the Amalekites. It was also about all the nations surrounding this, seeing what the judgment of God was and who Yahweh was. And this would have been very, very impactful also to everybody watching this war take place. And God was grieved over what Saul had done. He was grieved because it probably made Israel look so hypocritical and so bad. It says Yahweh's word came to Samuel saying in verse 11, it grieves me that I have set up Saul to be the king. For he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. Samuel was angry and he cried to Yahweh all night. Now, I'm going to go more into why it was so bad for Saul to take Agag alive on Friday. We'll get into that. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and hopefully it cast a little bit more light onto why God asked Saul to utterly destroy the Amalekites. But faithful listeners, check out all the links listed in the description of this podcast episode. And if you like this podcast, please consider rating and reviewing it over on Apple Podcasts. I actually have a review that came in recently on Apple Podcasts by Rakshun. Rakshun. And he or she gave me three stars, but I'd still like to read what it says. 
It says, helpful, but sometimes frustrating. I like that there's a podcast to digest small parts of scripture every day. Very helpful to have a passage read and then discussed. It helps my brain think about things in different ways. The frustrating parts are that she spends too long in the beginning of each episode talking about other things. In fact, she often states that she is digressing, but yet continues to digress. <laughs> I also think that she would benefit from theologically tying small passages together. She often gets stuck in the weeds, simply restating with the Bible passage has said, rather than tying into the greater narrative and theological anchor points and themes. So yes, I do digress a lot. I know I do. And uh, I don't mean to blame ADHD for that, but I'm going to blame ADHD in this case. But the one thing I really wanted to address actually regarding this review, it's kind of funny. I actually just recently read this review today, but I actually felt convicted recently, the, the past couple weeks, to go more in depth with scripture and take scriptural passages from other places. So it's kind of interesting that he picked up, he or she picked up on that. And hopefully you guys have noticed that I've been doing that. I've been incorporating uh, more and more scriptural passages from other places into what we're reading for each day. But guys, I really do appreciate all the ratings and reviews that you give the podcast and uh, Apple Podcasts is a a great place for you to rate and review the podcast. But guys, I will see you all on the next episode. And as always, happy listening and God bless.